Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyer, your host. First thing I want to do today is to thank all of you who in any way attended, either remotely or by your very presence, promoted, sponsored, in any way that you supported the Prairie Fest event at my parish of Annunciation in Homer Glen, Illinois. As you know, we've been hearing about the Prairie Fest in the last several weeks on this program, and I really appreciate all of you. I want to thank you for all of the support you gave in whichever way you gave it. And I especially want to thank Bonnie Kingsley and Angie Hansen from Minnesota and from North Dakota who heard us on Real Presence Radio out of Fargo. I want to thank you for coming to our Prairie Fest. It was great meeting you. Came all that way. I was very touched, as were my parishioners. Hopefully you had a good time. I don't know if you were there the whole time, but we, we go for three days with different kinds of music each day and different kinds of events. Some of the events are consistent, but each day is a little bit different. So hopefully whatever you experience of the Prairie Fest was very, very enjoyable for you and hopefully worth the trip. It was certainly worth it for me to meet you. And I want to thank you. I want to thank all of you. It was a successful event. Thanks to all of you. And above all, I give my thanks to Almighty God. We certainly were provided with wonderful weather during our Prairie Fest. And hopefully we'll see all of you next year. We do have something else coming up, Annunciation Parish, having to do with the prairie. It's called Christmas on the Prairie. So mark your calendars for that one. That's a one-day affair. It's very simple, but very beautiful. It's just an absolutely enchanting, charming experience. And you'll hear more about that in the future here on Light of the East. Mark your calendar. It's Saturday, December 1st. Saturday, December 1st. It's just an afternoon. We'll give you those hours, the exact times later on, but mark that down. Another great, great experience on our prairie, a beautiful one. It commemorates St. Nicholas and the whole Christmas tradition in a very beautiful way. That's December 1st for Christmas on the prairie, but you'll hear more about that. Now, this particular week in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, we have a feast day of the beheading of St. John the Baptist. Now, that's pretty big for the Byzantine church. In fact, not only do we have that feast day, but we also have (laughs) feast days where we celebrate the finding of his head three times, first, second, and third finding. Those are individual feast days. So the whole St. John phenomenon 
both in his life, his preaching, his death, and the finding of his head several times is very, very big in the Eastern churches. And of course, hopefully you remember that story. It's in several of the Gospels. It's a story of, well, it's actually the story of what happens when we allow the fallen side of our passions to get the best of us. We end up doing horrible things, as did Herod. He was the ambitious but weak ruler of Palestine at the time of St. John the Baptist. And as you recall from the gospel, he fell in love with Herodias, that was the wife of his brother Philip, and he took her for his wife, thus breaking the Jewish law against Leverite marriage. That's the marriage of the Levites, you know, the priestly class in the Old Testament. Now, John the Baptist, as usual, fearlessly reprimanded the king for his adulterous union. Now, Herod was at first afraid to harm John, but later at the instigation of Herodias, he imprisoned him in a fortress. Now, Herod wavered in his decision, but eventually Herodias prevailed. And as you know, what happened was her daughter did a dance that delighted King Herod. And he was a little bit, well, shall we say, he was partying very hard that day, had enough to drink. And in his condition, as people want to do in that condition, he said something silly that he later regretted. He said he would give the dancing girl anything she wanted. And what did she say? At the urging of her mother, Herodias, she said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Well, Herod balked at that, but eventually he knew he had to make good on his promise in front of all the people. So we have several aspects of fallen passions here. We have pride, and we have, of course, the passion of lust. So we have several passions going on here that are fallen that we see as an example. Well, John the Baptist's head gets cut off, and it was buried. Later on, his place was desecrated by pagans and There are many legends about what eventually did happen to his body. And as I mentioned, we actually have three feast days that commemorate the finding of his head. I don't know where his head is to this day. And that's that's kind of a pity. I would think that would be one of the most valuable relics in the history of the church. Regardless, there are relics of St. John. And St. John's example is very, very significant in the Eastern churches. And it's also very significant today. It is very significant in our day and age because it has to do with fallen passions, in particular, the passions having to do with the area of human sexuality, you know, of lust and desire. I'm often asked, in light of some of the scandals in the church, and many of them have come to the fore, some of them being particularly disappointing with certain prelates, certain clerics in the church. It's always disappointing, but certain ones recently have been particularly disappointing. And I'm often asked, well, what can the Byzantine church, the Eastern spirituality, do for this whole issue, this whole problem in the church? And in light of the fact that we're celebrating a feast day, which features as part of its story the results of fallen passions, I thought it would be appropriate if I answered that question as we look at the feast of the beheading of St. John the Baptist, that we look at that question as to what can the Eastern churches contribute towards some of these issues in the church. I think it's time that I address that, especially because I'm being asked so often now, and there seems to be a rising, a, a rising, in a sense, backlash or resentment about what's going on in the church in this regard. So let's look at this issue from the Eastern spirituality. The first thing that 
I want to say is that light shines brighter in the darkness. And in fact, light burns out the darkness. I was always fascinated by my visits to California, where on the coast there, some of the cities there, such as San Francisco and San Diego, every morning there is what they call a marine layer that covers the city. It's like kind of cloudy. But by the later part of the morning, every morning, the sun, as they say in California, burns off the marine layer. And I can't help thinking that as a very appropriate analogy for this whole issue, any issue that has to do with good versus evil. Light, the goodness, the truth, burns out, eventually burns out the darkness. It burns off the spiritual marine layer. And I believe that in the church, we have to focus mostly on that. Yes, we have to focus on stopping what is wrong, injustice, cover-up, dishonesty, scandal. Yes, we do. But I think that that is only part of the story. The greater part is the light, that we understand and see the light so brilliantly, so clearly, that the darkness just begins to be burnt away. And we want to choose the good. You see, it's not enough just to say, we shouldn't do this, or this is wrong, or this is a sin, or we have to bring about justice, we have to punish wrongdoers. That's all correct and needed, yes. But notice that that keeps us focused on the negative, on the darker part of this. You can never just say, don't do this, like take something away. You must always replace it with what is more correct, with what is preferable, what is more honest, authentic. It's very similar in the pro-life movement, too. We cannot just say, for instance, that abortion is wrong, abortion is murder. Yes, we must, we must say that, yes. But we can't just focus on the negative, a negative approach, a negative remedy, by saying there shouldn't be, don't do this. You have to, at the same time, and more importantly, have the alternative. You have to have alternative because... One of the reasons why we go down the paths of darkness, even in the church, is because the other alternative is either not known or not known well enough, not communicated in a way that is compelling enough that would make you want to choose the light rather than darkness. And if you ask me how can the Eastern spirituality contribute to these issues, it would be first and foremost in that way. In presenting the light, the truth about things, it is beautiful, and we should be overwhelmed by it, like Peter, James, and John on Mount Tabor during the transfiguration of our Lord, which we celebrated earlier this month. They were overwhelmed by the brightness, and nothing else mattered to them. So it's the same thing with any kind of moral issues, and in particular in our time, the scandals in the church. When we come back, I'm going to talk more about how the Eastern spirituality can contribute to the healing, to the light, when there are difficulties and scandals and injustice in the church. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. It's no secret that 
Father Loya, and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R, life, at earthlink.net. To help support Tabor Life's ministry, go to taborlife.org and click on the Donate tab. Tabor Life is a 5013C charitable organization. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the Choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the Sacred Liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. I began the program by thanking people. I'd like to continue doing that because our point today is the light. What is good? What is positive in light of what is dark? And whenever you see something or somebody good, like God, <laughs> you want to thank them. So I want to thank Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and all the affiliates for carrying our program, Light of the East for being a vehicle to share and convey this light, which in particular is the light of the Eastern spirituality. Back to our question then, what does Eastern spirituality have to contribute towards, well, these difficult issues in the church that we're hearing a lot about today and many people are concerned about and they've asked me about it, so that's why I'm answering them today. These scandals in the church. And we're doing this in light of the upcoming feast day of the beheading of St. John the Baptist. He was beheaded because of similar things, the fallen side of our passions, the fallen side of human sexuality. Our starting point is the light, as I mentioned. And let's look at the light of human sexuality. As I mentioned before, we can't just focus on the dark. We can't just make human sexuality or any kind of moral living just a code of don'ts, of be careful, of watch out, or of punishment, of finger pointing. We have to make it what it really is. We have to make it about what is right, what is positive. 
The thing to do is not to run from our sexuality. This is a great mistake. This is a great vulnerability that I see happening. It's just going to create more of the same problems. Rather, let us run into our humanness, into our human sexuality, but with that mystical view. And that's what the Eastern churches are all about. That's our forte. That's what we can contribute. The mystical view. In other words, what something really is. And hopefully that would overwhelm the dark part. We we wouldn't want the darkness. We would want the light, the goodness, because it's so good, true, and beautiful. And that starting point is, of course, God, who is a union and community of persons, as St. John Paul II reminded us so often in his Theology of the Body. And it's also one of the hallmark aspects of Eastern Christian spirituality. God is Trinity. Let's start there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's communal within himself. He's relational within himself. That's a beautiful thing. It's about love. It's about deferential love. It's about the gift of self. It's about one becoming many while still remaining individual. Incredible mystery, communal love, made of individuals who come together as one yet remain individuals. That's the mystery of love. That is what real love is. And that God created us, the human person, in his image and likeness. Therefore, the truth about us is that we too seek community. We seek union and intimacy in this is the great why behind the power of our human sexuality and all of our desires. We seek to experience God. And in doing so, we seek love. We seek relationship. That's the first direction we want to go in, in terms of going into our humanness, our human sexuality, what is good about it, what is positive, and let that be the greater light. Now, if that is true then, then our moral behavior, the way we're supposed to live, is not defined by don'ts, watch out. It's not defined by a God who acts as though, or we make him out to be, someone who acts as though he's always looking to see how we trip up so he can send us into hell. No, with the positive image of God and the positive image of the human person, especially in the area of human sexuality, we see that the moral code is to make choices constantly to become more of what we already are, not become different. You know, we don't start out bad. We don't start out intrinsically evil. Sexuality is not intrinsically dark, and we have to run from it, treat it like some kind of a monster. We start out as in the image and likeness of God. Yes, we are imperfect because we're touched by original sin, but the greater principle here is one of light, one of being positive. And the choices we make in life is to become more of what we already are. Now, that should help give us a more, what they call today, positive self-image, which is motivational. One of the reasons we make choices for things that are actually self-destructive or negative or unjust, one of the reasons we act out of our fallen passions is because our fundamental self-image is not bright enough. Now, I'm not talking about self-esteem, selfishness, narcissism, ego. Don't confuse that. I'm talking about our image of ourself as made in the image and likeness of God, our image of ourself as a human creature, as a human person, and that life is about choosing to become more of that, not to become something different. You know, we started out dark 
and dirty, and now we're trying to be clean and better, so we run from this aspect of ourselves. No, we are an imperfect similarity of God, an imperfect similar model to God. So we are already fundamentally good, just that we have imperfections. And those imperfections can lead us into sin, from minor, lesser sins and transgressions to the most horrific things. But we enter into the horrific things when we lose sight of who we really are, of that beautiful, mystical, sacramental view of ourselves. So our image, our vision of everything, really can be seen in the context of the liturgy of the church. This is what makes church so important, and every aspect of it, the icons, the incense, the candles, the lights, the chant, the prayer, the gesture, the ritual, the processions, everything has to come together to give us an immersion into the truth. Let's face it, you go to church, everything we do is an attempt to make things beautiful, to make things point to another reality, to immerse us into something that's really very different or better than the day-to-day drudgeries that we encounter, the banal that is thrown in our faces so much. We enter into church. It smells different. It looks different. What is it saying by all that? How is it appealing to our senses? What is it trying to say? It's trying to tell us the truth, that the truth about who we are, including our human sexuality, is that it's beautiful. And so we don't accept the fallen side of a human sexuality as normative, like they're trying to do today. We accept that it is fundamentally a revelation and participation in God. But because of original sin, yes, it is marred. It is imperfect. But the focus is on how to make it more perfect, not to run from it, not to condemn it, not to keep it as some dark, dirty secret that's always full of shame, If we do that, then we're going to act in a disordered way. And I think this is a big part of the problem today. We don't start out the right way. Our starting point is not mystical. Because if it is, then you just do more of the same. So you're already starting out on a good foot, and you just want to choose to do more of the same. I think what happens is our secular world and all the many heresies throughout time, like the Manichaean heresy and so on, These things cause us to start out on a foot that is dark and negative and want to somehow strive to put good stuff on top of that pile of garbage. That, I think, is the big problem. It's a non-mystical, non-sacramental approach that's fundamental, and therefore our behavior results from that. Well, the Eastern approach that I'm proposing is a very positive one. The starting point is positive. Now, we are very, very mindful, though, of our sinfulness. In fact, we speak about voluntary and involuntary sins. We ask God to forgive us not only our sins, but our transgressions and our infirmities. Oh, we are very aware of our sinfulness, our lowliness before God. We over and over again say, Lord, have mercy. Our penitential seasons are very deep and rich and serious. We go through great ascetical endeavors such as fasting from meat and dairy and increased prayer and prostrations and so on. Yes, we do all that. But that does not mean that that is the front profile of how we see ourselves, especially our human sexuality. The front profile is we see it as a participation in God, as the way we are most like God, as St. John Paul II says even in his Theology of the Body. This is why I like the Theology of the Body, because it's very sacramental. It's, It's fundamentally mystical, very Eastern in its perspective. 
And John Paul II presented that to the world because he knew that if we presented the, the real why behind our being human, the positive why, that it would be easier for us to choose in accordance with that. But if you don't have a positive, true vision of the human person in light of a positive, loving God, then it's much easier to choose in disordered ways. And from the liturgy of the church to every aspect of the church, there is a vision there that is fundamentally positive, hopeful, mystical. This is especially true of the Eastern churches. And I think to teach in our seminaries, to teach in our homes, this fundamental starting point that is positive and holy and mystical is the real answer, the real healing balm to these scandals in the church. And in fact, for all forms of human failure and darkness. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loyal on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Radio is it's training for the troops. It's a interaural of the ear boot camp. The folks who listen, who grow in their faith, grow in charity, grow in all the virtues, they then go out and exert an influence far beyond just themselves. Catholic Radio has an exponential effect for bringing people deeper into the faith. Dr. Ray Garendi thinks Catholic Radio is important. So should you. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh!